Welcome to the For Lee Podcast, a podcast in memory of Lee and Mary Malandrino. The host is Sam, Mary's son and Lee's brother. The guests are different people with their own unique life experiences. The one constant is that you are never alone. Let's all live, laugh, love, and sometimes even cry together. Thank you for listening, and as always, enjoy the show. Four Lee Podcast. Today's guest is Joe. Joe, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm Joseph. Uh, I don't know. What else? What, what do you want to know? I've worked for this guy for a couple, a little bit now. Well, yeah, you're my painter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's like technically my first paid guest. I mean, my first paid client. Yeah. That I didn't do for free. So how, how long had you been painting before that for free? Oh, for free. Oh, I don't know. So I painted my house. My, my grandfather taught me how to paint when I was a kid. Yeah. And he owned his own little business when he retired of Wall Street. Okay. Uh, so when he retired, he just wanted to do something. So he went out and did like a little... He did painting and did, did some odds and ends and stuff, whatever. So when I was a kid, I used to go paint houses with him. So then he passed away a couple of years ago. And so then when I ended up doing my house, I built my whole house. And yeah. And I started painting my house. And I was like... Then I realized how much money, like there's money in it. And there's like... I was pretty good at it. I thought it was just like normal. Then my brother tried to paint, and my mom and all that. My mom's a pretty good painter, but they can't even cut in or nothing. So I was like, I guess I'm a better than I thought I was. Yeah. I'm trying to be as humble as I can, I can but. Yeah, it's very hard to be humble. It's, it's a little more. <laughs> well, I, I, I struggle with it all the time, man. I'm like pretty ripped, and I never talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never bring it up. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was like normal. Like what I was doing was like easy to do. Yeah. And then other people try to do it. They're like, nah, it's, it's not. So then I was like, well, I guess I can actually. I realized I had more skill than I thought, I guess. So I was like, I could probably start doing this. So then I painted my whole house, and I painted my brother's house, and I painted my cousin's house, and my aunt's house, and my mom's house. And I was like, well, maybe I was just, like, I was, like, practicing, I guess you can say. Yeah. But I was already, like, knew what I was doing. I was just doing it for free. Yeah. So I was, like, tired of doing it for free, and I was like, I think I can start doing this and, like, making money off it. So I started researching, like, the business and all that stuff with that. And I had a, a little mentorship guy that he does, like, uh, he sells like, a program that does... Like teaches you how to do the business side of it, or whatever. Yeah. And then I realized that like there's, you know, money to be made in it, and it's not the same as what I do now. Like it's not repetitive, you know. Yeah. And so it was kind of nice to where it was just like it was something different every day, and I can kind of control my own income and doing all that. Uh huh. So, I, so now I started painting houses, and I was like, all right, so we try to figure out how to do this. <laughs> and the guy I actually got my quotes from. He was like, yeah, it's like normal to get like six hundred dollars for a bedroom. I was like, I'm not paying six hundred dollars. I'm not charging anybody six hundred dollars. Yeah. So then I was like, I'll cut it in half and then then some. And so then I was like, I still kind of a lot of money. So I was like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks or some of that. So. Yeah. So I was the first person, or first customer that you actually got a paid job for. Everything else had been volunteer. Yeah. No, technically, yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. On the map. Yeah. And how's business going now? So it was a little slow for a little bit. Like it was. Um, from that point to like the first month, like I would get odd jobs, but it was still like a lot of like my cousin was asking for more work and stuff like that. And then I was doing a lot of stuff where I was doing like handyman stuff. Yeah. And my cousin's a marketing manager and he's like, just don't turn down nothing. Don't turn down anything. And it'll all come to you. Like it'll, like business will come eventually. So it was just more like getting my name out, just trying to figure out what I was doing, just trying to organize myself, I guess, uh-huh. buying supplies and all that. So from there, there it was pretty slow. And then right after that, like first month and a half or so, all of a sudden, I had like 15 clients in, in like three weeks. Really? And from there, from that to now, it's like almost nonstop. I went from like trying not to work for the county and like just working a couple of days to I haven't worked for like three months now. Because my goal was for it to subsidize my overtime pay. So yeah. I didn't work so many hours. I kind of controlled it. I made the same amount of money I would make in a day in five or six hours. And I was working for myself versus 24 hours yeah. you know, and, and not working for myself. So I was like, if I can make the same amount of money in my time, or half the time, and go home that day, yeah, that's worth it for me. Well, now I'm like matching my city check. Like it's so. What What's the name of your painting company? It's called Ed's Legacy Paints. So Ed's my grandfather. Okay. And his legacy. So I'll be his legacy. So Ed's Legacy Paints. So. So you, like 
ELP, ELP. Yeah, ELP pain, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's kind of cool. It works out, works out pretty well. But yeah, so I got a couple contracts. I got, I tied up with a, uh, with a pressure washer. I tied up with a, with a guy that does remodels and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I got a bunch of people that work at Lowe's and all that. So it's kind of nice. It's growing faster than I need it to. Yeah. But it's kind of nice. So. so it's a lot of word of mouth stuff. Like, yeah, I haven't done any marketing. Really? My cousin's my marketing manager, and we haven't done anything yet. I don't even have a website. I just barely got business cards the other day, like two weeks ago. So. Really? You got business cards, though? Yeah. You want one? Uh, I don't... It's, I, I'm going to say no, but not because I, I wouldn't use you, just because... I have your number, so you anybody who asks me for paint, I'll tell them that yeah, you paint, yeah, but yeah, yeah. and then I'll just text them your number. Yeah, yeah. But business card, I feel like business cards kind of went the way of like digital cameras. Yeah, so I got this. I got digital business card. Yeah, you can tap and it puts I'm all. I'm trying to figure it out. Though. I don't know what I'm doing. So like it works sixty percent of the time, <laughs> but like half the time it just doesn't work. It's like they're just. Slapped my phone and just cracked, it's cracked hey, your screen. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if it was a scanner or what, but like half the time it comes up immediately. The other half is like, well, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. So it was worth $20, but I wouldn't pay much more than that for it. Yeah, so you, it just it has all your information and you just tap somebody's phone? Yeah, and then you can like download it. Like you can save it straight to your phone. So it's just like an interface. Huh. But then you're, it's, you can put like Venmo and like your, your social medias and all that. And yeah. I was like, I don't even have any of that stuff set up yet. I need, like, Dude, I need, I need what you should do is get like an Instagram for your painting well, yeah, one yeah, yeah, and then yeah. just post the, sh- the shit yeah. you do. Yeah, that's what I need to. Like Instagram, social media, like Facebook and all that, which is my cousin does. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I need to start doing stuff like that because I haven't done any of that. So I have like my phone, my picture, and my email. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> it ain't even worth it because I don't even have enough on there. But it would be perfect like for Instagram because then I can show what I do. So yeah, like, exactly. So people can see the work. Text messages, I can just show you what I do. Yeah, and you can just go around and like literally add everybody. Yeah, like, yeah, And then yeah, they'll yeah. be like, what the hell is this? And yeah. then they click on it. Like, oh, I need a paint job, you know? Yeah, and then they can see right in front of you like, oh, he's good enough. Hopefully they say that. Yeah. So I had this job a while back where I just lost a ton of money. But one thing I did learn was like marketing techniques and like, it, like different, like leveraging different things. Like, oh, if I need a plumber, you know, I know this guy. And if you need an accountant to this guy, and then in return, they, like, say, like, oh, yeah. I need this guy for that thing. Yeah, have you ever been in one of those groups? Yeah, like BNI or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in BNI. You're in BNI? That's what that's what's growing my business the most, probably. Really? Yeah, so my cousin's, he's in BNI for marketing. Uh-huh. And then, so the guy, the first guy I had for, like, a repetitive business. Yeah. He was a guy that owns that pizza restaurant down there in, um, in St. Mary's. Oh, that new pizza place? Yeah. There's a friend of ours that owns that pizza restaurant. And so Ryan, like, was, like, his, his marketing manager and all that. And he had a bunch of work done because it was, like, stuff It was after, like, the building got built. Yeah. It was, like, setting up speakers. And it was, like, all the small stuff that he just didn't know how to do. And so I was just a handyman for him to, like, to open the business. So I was just doing simple stuff, hanging shelves and putting up speakers and, yeah. and running lines and this and that. And then I was doing painting and this and all the side. So he had so much repetitive business that he kept me busy for a month and a half. So from, from that, that testimony into B&I... So then that's where I got my second contract with the, with the guy that does remodels. Mm-hmm. And he does, uh, so now he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll basically fire my painter. But he just didn't rehire one. And yeah. So I just gave, every, give you all the work. So between the three of them, in BNI is what's kind of kept me busy enough. So then there's, you know, 40 people in BNI that just keep referring me. So you know, even like with this podcasting, one of the things I've been doing is like getting with people who have podcasts already. Yeah. And like talking to them about being on my show and then I'm on their show, like a crossover type episode. Like, you know, like CSI Miami, yeah. when it got launched, it started off on CSI New York and then they, they, they introduced the characters and then broke it off into their own thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it kind of like markets both of them. Yeah, exactly. It gives you guys both. And yeah. that's what like, I heard you, you talk about Daryl like that. And then it'll give both y'all, like, to two different groups of people. Like, you yeah, cause, both, like, yeah, exactly. Because you listen to this, then listen to this one. Then, yeah, yeah, like people you know, I might not know all of them. You know, obviously yeah. I definitely don't know all of them. But I know a couple of people. <laughs> I always get a hard time. I can't go to Walmart. <laughs> I know too many people will stop me. At Walmart? Just anywhere. Just anywhere in town. Like my old, every work you've ever had, they're like, I can't take you anywhere because I stop. I don't even want to talk to people. But yeah. like, there's just way too many people I know. And they stop me. And it's like an hour long 
ordeal just to go buy it. Well, because it's because you're you're like a, a like a big personality. Like you can't not say joke? hello to you, huh? Is that a fat joke? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, like you're like the type of guy that like oh, there's Shushko. You know, I got to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, man. Yes. I had a yeah. So when I was a kid, uh, I wasn't always like that. I had anger problems when I was young. You had what problems? Anger problems. Anger. Yeah. Okay. Believe it or not. Yeah. But then I found out when you're as big as I am. I wasn't that big when I was a kid. I was kind of more stocky. I was more athletic, fit. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't small by no means. I wasn't, but I just wasn't this bad. Yeah. But I found out when you're that big and I was big in wrestling, big in football and all that, you can put some damage down. Yeah. And I broke a lot of things when I was a kid. Ball, <laughs> balls and stuff like that. I got to fight with my dad and all that. Oh, it's not. That's right. So, like um, a bull in a china shop. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, you don't realize how big you are. So then you don't realize like how much of an impact you do. Yeah. So now I kind of realize that like, you can make... Just as much of a negative impact, you can make a positive impact. Yeah. And so, uh, I have a twin brother, and so... Identical? Identical twin, yeah. Really? Yeah, three minutes older than me, actually. Okay. And we're both... So, we both played football. We both were right next to each other. I was a center, he was a guard. Yeah. Or I was right tackle, and he was left tackle. And um, so, we were always, like, on the line next to each other. So, we are It's a pretty big force to reckon with. Yeah, yeah. Well, that going into high school... Um, kids would always see us like it was it was like a billboard the two of us walking down the, down the hall together we were big kids tall yeah. guys whatever and everybody could always see us so it was like you can we were just like not even wanting to we were on, on display and so people just saw us and people knew us a lot more than we knew anybody else just because of we were like almost in front of everybody yeah and noticed or whatever so even still to this day people are like yeah you played you played senior ball when I was playing a freshman and I saw you in the hallways or whatever. Like, they would know me, and I'm like, I have no clue who these people are. But we played on the same team together. Yeah. There's so many people, I just, you weren't that important. Like, I, you didn't stick out as much as I stuck out to you, I guess. Well, that being said, like, um, there was a kid, uh, it's the reason why I'm happy, I guess I can say. There was a kid that, um, I used to judge people, but, like, not judge people, but, like, I used to, like, test cities and, and people, like, just to give a high five to people. Mm-hmm. See many people get high fives you get back. It's just one of those testaments that you can give simple, easy, and it's always going to make someone smile. I would say you can't, you can't give me a high five without smiling. I like how I force it. Like, yeah. So there was a kid I used to walk to class from up down this corner around, around past the cafeteria. I don't know who the kid was. Never did, who, never did know who he was. Um, he was like a younger guy. I don't know anything about it. I just remember he always, always wore black hoodies. He always had his hood up. But one of the guys that were always like... Um, like in the shadows, always was like like uh, ignored or or deflected by everybody. She could tell I was real popular, and I don't know if it was because I was popular. I don't even know if I was popular. I was just outgoing yeah. and just noticeable. Like people just noticed because I was big and loud. Yeah. So I'd give him a high five every day to class. I don't know who he was, but I don't know why. But I probably because give people like yeah, he didn't want to be a victim of the school shooting. <laughs> probably <laughs> no no no. Yeah, so, like, it was just, like, one of those things, like, I always, like, try to put people, I always try to make someone smile. Yeah. And I feel like if you can make one person smile all day, like, that small act can make a huge difference. Like, in, in a person's life that needs it, you know? Even the people that, that already, you know, are, are solid in, in that day or whatever, they're not, they're not even going there through anything, you can positively impact someone just as something as simple as making them smile at one time. Mm-hmm. Well, like, a year, like, a whole semester of that. And then one day, still have no clue what this guy is. Don't even know his name, don't know anything about him. One day, he stopped me in the hall, and, uh... He told me he's like he was gonna kill himself, but then he realized that if he did, he wouldn't be able. To, I he was worried about me questioning like if I was gonna notice him the next day, and he wasn't gonna be able to get a high five for me. And he said it was the only time he ever smiled throughout the whole day. He's like the best part of his day is what he looked forward to the most is me passing in the hallway and giving a high five. Wow. So to me, it was like something I never even realized like how much of an impact you could make in somebody's life. Yeah. And then to him, it was the biggest thing of his day. Like the biggest thing of his his whole semester was this random. The heavyweight coming down the hallway, <laughs> jock football player just giving a high five, and so it put it like instilled in me. This was like senior year of high school, but it instilled in me how much of an impact you can make on somebody, and something something super simple. So my always thought from that day forward, I was always wanting to, whatever you do, you make them smile. Like you just try to go out of your way, whatever hard time you're having, whatever problems you're going through. If I can positively impact your life as simple as a smile, then it could make it. It could be a big enough difference to make to change your life. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, you know, that's why I give hugs, you know, like it's just a, and I always say stuff like, uh, I always say stuff that's not normal because it throws people off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, how, how's your day? And I say fantastic. Or I'll say like, splendid like the sweetener. Because <laughs> it makes you think for a second and then you chuckle or something like that. Yeah. And it makes you like, it just, it just puts something like, you just, you, you receive it better. Yeah. Because you had to think about it. 
if I just say great and keep on going, it's like it just it just it's just. Blanket. Does that does that get hard for you? Like, cause I oh, know whenever I see you, I, I always like I'm always like, oh yeah, sure, go, man. You know, I get amped up about it. Is that is that like you ever feel like you have to carry a burden of always oh, being the happy jolly guy? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's terribly hard. People don't realize that. Like, uh, it ain't easier for me. And yeah. So. So people don't realize, like, it, like, just because I'm happy doesn't mean I'm not going through my own stuff. Yeah. And I guess for a long time it wasn't wasn't that bad. But, like, as you get older, you get you deal with more and more stuff that's heavier. But, so, like, I realized, though, like, the benefits of it outweigh anything else. So my brother and I would have to, like, coach my brother and teach my brother. He was going through this stuff through, throughout college, or, yeah, college and all. To where, like, I can't positively impact your life if I don't positively impact my life first. Yeah. So if I wake up, I got to fill my glass up. And get my stuff squared away and right to where I can even start to help someone else. And my brother was the other way around. Like, he, he didn't realize how important it was to start with himself. People don't ever see that part. So I had to, like, fill my own self up. And I got to worry about getting my mind, my, my mental state right. And making myself happy before I leave the door that morning. Yeah. And then I can possibly, I can spread that to someone else. But whatever my attitude is in the morning is what I'm going to give to someone else. And so if I have a terrible day, if I let it eat me up in the morning, well, then I can't make you happy. I can't, like, I can't make that positive impact on someone else. And so then I, but I realize how much more dangerous that is. Mm-hmm. So like, I wake up, even how bad of a day I am, I find something good, and I settle on that good stuff. And I, as small as it could be, you find that good, something to be happy about, and then you let that ride. Because if you let the bad stuff ride, you're going to destroy your life. Your, your day is just going to have a bad day, and then all of a sudden you're going to negatively impact other people. And I know how big of an impact you can make, especially how big I like just how much of a a billboard I am like yeah. to people I know. So, yeah, people like I don't know how like there's people like uh, like now uh, I don't want to say anybody's name, but there's just some people that just like dwell on being miserable, you know? Yeah. And to where it's kind of like like if you enjoy that or if you thrive for that or if you look forward to that, like you don't realize how much of that is you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting the guys, people around you. No one wants to be around you or no one wants to deal with you or they know what to accept, um, to expect when they do see you. So they're not going to, they're not going to come. Yeah. No one wants a Debbie Downer. But what's the same thing yeah. the complete opposite. Like if you're, if you're a happy person naturally, right. Or if you're like that person that always gives it out. So then when you're having a bad day, well, if I go hang, if I just go stand next to that person, maybe I'll be able to cheer. Like I, maybe I can change my day around and, and cheer up. Oh, you definitely have that impact for sure. Yeah. yeah I always feel better after talking to you. <clears throat> um, but I was going to ask you, so when you're, when you're going through like a, I don't want to say like depression, but like a, like a sad thing, like maybe you're not feeling the best. What, what do you do to snap out of it? Cause you said you get into that good stuff. Like it's tough, man. Yeah. And that's, um, I don't know. Like it's a, it's definitely a trial. Like, I don't know. It's tough. So for the longest time for like up until like, like six months ago or something like that. I didn't have, I didn't have enough to time, time, time to take me down. Like there was plenty of just stuff that 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 was trying or whatever. But I always had enough positive impact in my life to where I can always bounce back from it. Up until recently, like I've had more of a struggle recently than I've ever had in the last 20, 30 years. You know, which is weird. Like that's what I was just going over. Like when I was in the truck, like um, I've had like four friends pass away this 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 month. Oh and Jesus! Like, yeah, like crazy. And I just found about another one at one o'clock today. Like during training, and so I was like, but then it just like springs something on you to where you just like, you just like that rabbit hole. The same thing that positive impact. You just start thinking about all the negatives. Yeah. And you just start going back through, and like, and you just start critiquing yourself, and then you got to find something to, something good in the mess in order to 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 you know recharge you back. But I don't know. Like I've always just took that thrive of like realizing how a positive impact can change somebody, and just thriving on that. Like if I I need to do something, and I don't know, like I just bounce off other people's behaviors. Like if I can, if I can make you smile, I'm doing something good enough and it makes me feel good, then I feel like I'm making out, I'm doing something good. I'm doing, I'm at least doing right today. I'm doing well enough to where I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not causing any harm kind of thing, you know, yeah. in my mind at least. Because I just, uh, I, I think about it all the time. Like what your personal actions do in this small little community, it doesn't matter where you're at, how much of an impact it makes, big or small. And so I just, 
It makes me feel good to where I can like get positive enforced. That's why I almost feel like bad when people don't laugh at my jokes, how stupid <laughs> and corny they are. Yeah. Or if I repeat jokes or I say that, they're like, you've already said that. I'm like, well, you can still chuckle. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. help me out. Help yeah, me who, out. who invited the joke police? You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I might have said it four times, but still say something, you know? So yeah. it makes me feel good that at least I'm like making someone laugh today. Yeah, like, there's nothing worse than when you make like a joke that you think's hilarious and like just nothing. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets, and you're like, <laughs> then you're like, well, did you not get it? Like, yeah, no, I got yeah, it. Like, at least say it again. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that, you know, then you, then you almost, like, it's almost like the same mentality as a comedian. Yeah. Like, they, that's all they do all day long is that they're just trying to just, and there's like no rules. Like, there's, you know, people that like, get like so sensitive nowadays, so it's so hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so difficult. Like, just, like yeah. whatever I say, especially where we work, you know, it's not, no, it's just razzing. Nothing is like, Fat jokes and and all these other jokes, you know. There's it's never like meant to hurt nobody's feelings. Yeah. It's meant for someone to chuckle, and then like and to get some good out of it, you know. Like so, there's never any rules. But all of a sudden nowadays, people just get so sensitive. Then you say something wrong, and I'm like, ah, oh, scratched the wrong surface on that one. So yeah, yeah, and you get like you didn't even mean it, but it's taken that way, and then you're apologizing. You're not even sure what you're apologizing <laughs> yeah, for, but yeah, yeah. it's just just moving on, yeah, like. <laughs> It's weird, like, I don't even feel bad, more or less embarrassed. Like, I'm like, uh, he's not having a good day. Like, yeah. messed up on that one. Let's go ahead and, like, focus on someone else. But, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, so it's just, it's the positive reinforcement. Like, it's it's when I can say something, and if, if I can see joy in someone else, I feel like I'm doing good enough. And then that allows, I can t- harness that and focus on that. But it's the same way around. Like, if I can, if I'm, if I don't get out, if I don't like, if I stay in the house, if I if I become like this hermit, it's just a bad whirlwind that goes back the same direction. So, so you prefer to be around people instead of? Oh, I gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta be. If, I, if I'm not like, well, first of all, I don't know if I'm burnt, like built like that. Like, I can't stay in my own house. I don't know why. Like, not that I love my house. You know, like I enjoy peaceful, whatever. Yeah, but, I bet you the paint job's amazing at your own house. Yeah, I just repainted my entire house. Yeah, if I was a painter, I'd probably just paint every, like, six months. Yeah, it's funny, too. I painted the exact... I painted my entire house when I moved back into it. Yeah. And painted the exact same color. So if anybody else comes by, wouldn't notice. But you know. Oh, I notice every... Like, I notice the entire house. And I, and I can still notice, like, like areas that aren't perfect or whatever. And every else, I don't know, it looks great. But yeah. I'm like... I like, like you I you got a little OCD? Oh, real bad. Yeah, me too. Me too. Real bad. OCD and ADHD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was failing all those tests. Like, I'm like, I'm not dumb, but no. <laughs> I think I don't, I think I'm not able to, like, when I was in therapy back in New York, she had me, like, read um, a paragraph. And then, like, we'd go talk for, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then she'd be like, hey, Tell me that, about that paragraph we Dumb. read. And I Dumb. couldn't remember any of it. And she was like, yeah, you know, like, this happens with trauma. You forget stuff. And she, I was like, so I'm, like, dumb now, you know? Like, and she's like, well, I wouldn't say dumb. I was like... You've been like that, like, forever, though? Like, since you were a kid? No. Yeah. No, I was, like, smart. I, it's, and that's... I have a slight ego, so, like, being dumb is, is tough for me to... It's embarrassing. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah. Like, like, what we were talking about earlier, you want to fight to, to change it. Yeah. Like, even if it's, it's like, it's, I don't necessarily want to impress you. I just want to fight to, like, not be, you know, not to be, like, dumb or not to be, like, I don't want to impress you. Like, I just want to go to the norm, you know? I just yeah. don't want to stand out, like, negatively, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, like, uh... Like a, a like a running back who's way past his prime, still talking about like back in the day, you know, like yeah, back yeah. in the day I would have passed that test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, let me tell you this, man. I've had so my mom's a nurse. My mom's been a nurse for thirty some years. My dad's in law enforcement, and my mom, I, I, I don't ever take medicine. I'm not, I've never been on medicine. Like I have had surgery, and I take you know aspirin, yeah, or, or ibuprofen. That's it. Like throughout the entire all of my football program and all that. My mom taught me, like, she tried to scare me, I guess, or something when I was a kid. She's like, well, if you take that, you can become a drug addict. Yeah. It's like, like, it's just like pain meds. Like, I'm like, mom, the doctor's giving it to us. She's like, we'll take half of it. She goes, if you take it, it's easy. easy. So when I was a kid, it's like, well, I better not take it. Like, I can probably, if it's terrible, let me just go to rest or some of that. Let me just not run outside today and, and relax a little bit versus taking meds. I always thought the process of, like, avoiding medication as long as I could. If it wasn't, like, you know, terrible pain or whatever. So I was like, whatever. I had a broken arm. I broke my arm in the park in New York. And my uncle was like, 
you're good, you're healed. And I'm like, it worked, it's good. And the rest of the day, my uncle thought like I just sprained it, you know, like it just bruised or whatever. And my arm had like a lump in it, like oh my god, clearly broken. And he, he he was babysitting me, and he gave it back to my mom. And was like, hey, your son, he fell. He said his arm hurts a little bit, but I think it's okay. And my mom looked at, it, she's like, so that's broken. She's like, he's like, you think so? She's like, one hundred percent is broken. I'm like, but do I gotta go to the hospital? She's like, yeah. So like next week I'm in a cast. I'm like. No, no, well, now I can't do what I want to do. Like, now I'm like at a cast. I was like, I should have went back to, like, it's not broken, you know, or whatever yeah. I say. So, yeah, I've never, I've never avoided, I've always avoided medication. So, when I was a kid, I didn't realize there was medication for ADHD and stuff. I didn't even know what it was, yeah, yeah. you know. I don't know if I was sheltered or not, but uh, I think I was sheltered for more than one reason in different parts of my life. But, yeah. So, I always struggled with tests. I would read questions. If it had more than two sentences, I'm reading it again. It didn't matter. It didn't matter how focused I was the first time I read it. I was reading it again. Yeah. There was the the worst I was like in the SATs, the PACTs, when you're doing like um, the reading, you had to read a whole paragraph and answer oh, yeah, questions yeah. about it. I'm like, oh, I gotta read that thing three times. Like I felt like I was reading a textbook, you know. Yeah. And it's only like two paragraphs, and so then I get all the way up to the point where so I just struggled through school my whole life. Just studying or taking tests and all that and just like if anything was hands-on i was set but anything that i had to do um like i had to comprehend or on a computer like if i had to read it and and answer like right away like test or whatever like that i always struggled until like i started taking uh i took my my rookie had adderall and uh because so, he had ritalin and all that when he was a kid and he was like yeah i have to do it when I, like in order to take a test and so like i stole like three four of his pills took some when i was when i was uh, when I was uh, uh, studying for for medic school, and then I took when I took my first test, I took it. I probably shouldn't admit it, but I <laughs> I took uh, I took Adderall that I wasn't prescribed. <laughs> I drank a, I slammed a beer, and I don't know if you ever heard of noni juice. No, you don't have any confidence in podcast, right? So there's this thing called noni juice. And, uh, noni juice was like a normal like supplement you buy like a store. Yeah, but it was like uh, I don't know if like the Hawaiians or something like that. My, my uncle was like, he was did a lot of work in the, in the Dominican Republic in the DR. Yeah. He's like, this will heal you. He's like, you got a broken arm, he'll take an ace wrap, wrap it, wrap your arm in it. Yeah. Or he's like, you take a shot in the morning. And it was, all it was was just like a plant-based juice, right? Yeah. And, but it was like a mental thing, like, take this instead of medication because it's better for you. So I was, I downed like, you know, two gulps of that. <laughs> and I chugged a beer, took some Adderall, and I was heading off and I was blaring my music and I was heading off to go take my test. And I won't tell you what happened like in between because I got stopped, but I, never, I, mean, I didn't get caught in nothing. He said, good luck on your test. Have a great day. <laughs> and I get to my test, and it was the very first time in like 28 years or whatever that I, I didn't have to like worry about rereading the question. It was a 120-question test, and I never reread any of the questions. Really? I even turned the little sound machine off, and I was like laser-focused. And I was like, there's meds for this? And so then I, went, I went straight back to my house, and I was like, Ma, you realize... I think I have ADHD. And she's like, oh, you definitely do. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean I definitely do? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, you struggle through all your school. I was like, I'm telling you, I struggle through school. I was like, you know, there's medication for this? She goes, oh, 100%. You should have been medicated as a child. I was like, <laughs> so you just going to let me struggle all through school? Because I couldn't. It builds read. character. I was like, I was like, mom, I could have been a way better student. I was like, this is the first time I've ever took a test and didn't fall asleep in. Or I didn't like, I was like, I was like, I know. I remember the questions now. And she's like. Really? I was like, you got me on this noni juice. I was like, what is this crap? And so I was like, I think I might need to start doing this. She goes, blame your father. He was worried about you getting like addicted to something. I was like, yeah, but I want to pass school too. I was like, dang. But so it's kind of funny that it was like, I, 30, I was 28 years old before I realized like, it was like, I was just struggling for no reason. But, yeah. Which I guess is good. Like, I'd rather be sheltered than, I don't know. I don't know if I'd rather be sheltered, but. Yeah, they were just avoiding me from everything. I was just like, I grew up in the hood. So my, and my dad was a cop. So they like they kept a lot of things from me when I was a kid. Yeah. Which so, I guess is good now. <laughs> my cousin went to jail for 10 years, and I was my best friend. So I was like. Oh, really? Yeah, he just got out. So I guess. I probably, what, was he, what was he at the, the Capitol on January 6th? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I think he might have been already in jail. Oh. But, um. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Like, I could be yeah. sitting in the cell next to him. We were, like, inseparable. Yeah, well, I'm glad glad you're sitting next to me instead of a cell, you know? <laughs> well, he's out now. Oh, that's good. 
You'd actually probably like him. He'd probably be good on your podcast. Really? He's fantastic. Still my favorite cousin. I've never had a guy, at least that I know about. He did 10 years? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I might have, One of the guys, I think he did a couple of years, but that'd be pretty awesome. Well, he did 10 years when we were... He was 23, something like that. You know, yeah, he's 21 or something like that when he got, when he got caught. Yeah. I'll probably do that podcast virtually. <laughs> Super, you know what I mean? Super cool cat, though. Yeah, I bet and he does. Is. And he's like slow as a mug now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely rides, gonna, rides I'll give him a call for that. For that. He, he's super humble now. He's crazy. He like, he like found Buddhism or something like that. In, Buddha. Yeah, yeah. In, in prison. And he was like come out like a completely different person. And so, still, I mean, I wrote him every I was one of the one cousins that like I emailed him every day. He had an email? Yeah, he had like, uh, it's called JPEG or something like that. JPEG or something like that. Like, I could email him, and then he wouldn't get it all the time. Like, he would only get it, like, on his Liberty Times or whatever. Mm-hmm. So where he could get, like, you put it in this account, and he can, like, get 10 of them a month or something like that. Oh, so it's, like, in his commissary or whatever? Yeah. So he, it was just, like, it was, like, like online letters. So it was just, like, a letter. But it was I was doing it from my phone versus writing on a piece of paper. So he would get them every now and then. And we kept in contact like that. And now he's out back in Jersey, so. Oh, yeah, so how did you end up? Not only down here, but with a with a southern accent, being from Jersey. Oh, which There's, I don't know if we have enough time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my dad is uh, my dad was military. Him and his not like, every male and female on my dad's side was Marine Corps. Oh, really? Everybody. Hey, you know how you know someone was in the Marines? They tell you the first five seconds. <laughs> they tell you twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've gotten that joke a hard time. I love me. telling that. That's like one of my favorite. Jo- I use that same setup though for CrossFitters, vegans, Marines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My old roommate Kaji said about us all the time. He's like, you know, first five minutes you see them, they'll tell you. Yeah. I'm like, I don't tell you. You already know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my dad was Marine Corps. All his brothers and sisters and all that. And then. Um, he got out. He did. Uh, he did 13 years total in, in, in the military. He got out on medical leave in the Marine Corps. Okay. He was. Uh, he like got like a. What's the highest in your ass, bad? 100. He got like 10 points off the highest. He, was, he could do any job he wants to. He was like, now nah, I want to go, hike for miles. So he was infantry. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All his brothers. His brother was a pilot. Another one was motor T. Three of them were officers. My, my, the youngest one just was just about to pick up rear admiral. Yeah. And my dad's like, no, no, no. I think I want to go infantry. And so they're like, you're an idiot. You know? He's like, you realize you passed your ass five. Like, that's what people don't want to tell you. He's like, no, that's what I want to do. And so long story short, he was jumping out of a helicopter. I guess there's like a knot to where it tells you with a helicopter guy, he, dra- he drags the rope on the ground. And there's a knot that's a couple of feet off the ground. Uh-huh. So when they're sliding out, they let go. And that's where they, they're four foot off the ground. To where they're safe enough to get out of the helicopter, like the hot landings or whatever. Well, it was a sandstorm. And there was, a, there was like a crater. And the pilot didn't see it, so instead of being four foot, he was like thirty foot. Oh, high. with all his gear on too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was he was um, he had a bunch of anti tank and all that with him. So, and so he was you know heavily weighted and shattered both his knees. Oh, so, him and his first guy, whatever the first guys, and they both got off the plane or the helicopter, hit the ground and fell. Damn. Feet, yeah, you know, like ten feet or something like that. I think it was twenty some feet, and him they both shattered knees, and so. Since that day, he's been he's been messed up with his knees, but he's too damn stubborn to to do anything about it. So he just just went there. So then he got good enough to like keep up, and so he never said anything to Marine Corps. But then his commanding officer was like, "You know, you're 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 falling behind a little bit." He's like, "You're not as strong as elite as you were, or whatever." Which I don't think he was ever like noticeably bad. They they were just like they knew he was hurt, yeah, and never did anything about it. So then he went and left, and did he went to the army. And so back then they had like chalkboards and everything was on paper or whatever. So they're like, well, why do you want to go to the army? You just came out of the Marine Corps. He's like, yeah, I just want to change the pace or whatever. So he left the army. I could be butchering the story. I don't know. <laughs> Close enough. But he got out of the army and they were like, can you run a mile? And so like he ran a mile. He was like, all right, well, we're just going to take your PAT score from the Marine Corps. Since you're better safe and you're more strict than ours, we're just going to go ahead and pass you. So he was like, yeah. no problem. So he got passed, got in the army. And then... It took him like 10 years for them to catch up on their paperwork to realize he was technically medically discharged out of the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, but he just never filed for it. They were like, you're bad news. <laughs> they're like, he's like, no, no, no. And still to this day, he's never had surgery. Really? So like, yeah, he's just like bone on bone for like the last 30 years. He's got no cartilage left in his knees. And so he's like just stubborn. We'd go hikes, like in scouts and all that. We'd go on hikes. My dad would be like, 
oh, I'm having a little rough day. He was like at the back of the pack because he's got just bone on bone rubbing and he's still doing 35 miles, 40 mile hikes. I'm like, Dad, get him checked. It was like, yeah. you've been dealing with this for years. Now, that was an amazing story, but how did that, how did you end up from Jersey? <laughs> you were, like, I have no idea how we got on that. All right, so, yeah, so, so, so he left the Marine Corps, yeah. he left the Army, and then he was a, he was a police officer. He okay. Was a, he was MA or whatever in the Marine Corps. Yeah. He left there and he was, uh, he was in New York. We were, that's where our family's from. We're not. So he got out of the military and went to New York. No, no, we were all from up there. So he was born in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Okay. That's my family. My, my mom's side's all from Manhattan and Brooklyn and all that. Okay. So that's where our family's from. So yeah. he just got out. And he was a, uh, he's a MA or whatever in the Marine Corps. So he got out and he was a FBI police in, in New York City. So he was, a, he was a street cop but worked for the FBI. Okay. And he did that for, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. So then he got all the way up to the captain of the precinct. And that was right before 9-11. I guess a couple of years before 9-11 my mom was like we were, we were kids me and my brother and my sister and so she was like getting dangerous and all this we lived in the hood she, she was like I want you to get off the streets and do more admin stuff okay so he left there and then he went to the federal air marshals where he was teaching people and then 9-11 happened so he taught all the air marshals the, the guys with guns on planes yeah he developed him and like 10 other people developed that program and so he was in charge of the firearms division so he was shooting like a thousand rounds a day for like five years. That, and he was testing security systems at airports, which was kind of cool. He'd like dress up in like civvies and like go through like major airports with a gun and see if they arrest him. Yeah, so I, I actually, TSA apparently is like really bad at, at those Terrible. tests. Yeah, Terrible. like like ninety percent of like the people who try to to test them get through with like guns. Yeah, I feel yeah. like like the people that but, fail all the other departments, they just go to TSA. But every time I go on an airplane, I always get pulled for a secondary search. Every really? Oh yeah, every time. You know it's weird because like they're required to do so many of them, and like like I've traveled a bunch like with mission trips and all that, and we always had a guy that was the Air Force guy. Like he was like, like. Staff sergeant, a pretty high enlisted guy in the Air Force, and he'd be wearing his like jacket or his his bag or something like that, Air Force bag. Like you can tell this guy's military, and they'd be like, pull this guy over. Like, I'm like out of everybody here, like that's the guy that you think is gonna be like you're, you're worried about. He's got he's board shorts with no pockets and flip flops. Yeah. It's like where's he hiding it? You yeah. Know what I'm I was like, this guy over here. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I think when it comes to airplanes, everybody has the same idea who might need to get checked again. I don't know. That's why I feel like I, I feel like it goes back to TSA, like. They, oh, have, they have to check like every ten oh, passengers or whatever. What a joke! But if they yeah. like, if they pick out that one guy that looks like military, or they know for a fact that's not going to be a problem, yeah. well, this can be easy. Like he already, he's probably already like used to be people like messing yeah. with him because he's in the military, or whatever. He's like, let's go ahead and pull this guy, pat him down, and just send him away. It's like less work for him or something. I, I don't know. All that's I know is, like. all I know is they always I, the, the sh- taking off the shoe thing drives me insane. Like. Yeah, I mean, I don't like tying my shoes. The first time, let alone the second time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and then, then I'm walking around, around in my go. socks on this disgusting floor. And then you take your belt off, and I can't walk five steps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got no butt. Yeah, so he tested security systems. So that's what he did. He went to the TSA, and yeah. they would get arrested. He pulled out his badge. He's like, "Congratulations, you passed." If he made it through, which was most of the time, yeah, he'd shut the whole airport down. He was like, "You got to revamp this." And so he did that for a long time. We traveled with him. So then he went all the way up to. So we have Fletzy here. That's one of the, the companies, the schools he was teaching for. He was a firearms instructor. Mm-hmm. So he went all the way up to like a GS. We came here the first time in 2001, 9-11, right after 9-11, because yeah. he was that famous program. And then we went out to New Mexico and came back. And so then he retired. Mm-hmm. He retired here. Okay. So now I'm, I've moved eight, I moved 21 times before I was 18 years old. You moved 21 times before you were 18? Yeah, by the, by the time I was 18. And I spent the first 10 years of my life in Jersey. So it's weird from like so from ten to, to twenty, I, we moved like every every year. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I was in four different middle schools, two different high schools, four different elementary schools, which is kind of crazy. Then we retired. It was like a straight halt, and we retired in South Georgia, the hottest place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, devil went down to Georgia, man. I'm like, out of all places, he's like, your mother. He was wanting to go to the mountains, and he's like, your mother wanted to go to the beach. And so I was like. We could have visited the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we stopped here when I was a senior in hospital. We came back here. My dad retired the very next year, 36 years. And so from that day forward, I was like, we were kind of a mutt. And I met, oh, there's a guy named Gillis, which uh, is my best friend I've ever had in my entire life. He, uh, I met him, played ball with each other in high school. He was a year ahead of me. He was my sister's age. And um, so I played ball with him. Never really, like, connected. He was a 
he's a higher a higher player than me. He was a senior, I was a sophomore, or whatever. But in college, so I, but I knew who he was. Yeah. So then when I really met him, I was the first day of college. I was trying to hit on this chick, which I just saw the other day, by the way. Yeah. And um, I, the only reason why I took this class is because of her. Wait, so you took a class to try to hit on like, like, this, like this specific class. I was like, what oh, was it, like women's gender studies? No, biology, biology, uh, biology 1101 or whatever. It was intro to biology and all that. Yeah. I was like, come take this class with me so we can study off each other or whatever. So it was just me and her sitting there. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, class starts. Right, and we're in the back classroom, big giant classroom, like fifty people in class, and uh, I thought it was like in the back. There's nobody else around. She doesn't know anybody else in class. I was like, yeah, I, all semester I can flow this shit. Fifteen minutes after class starts, this behemoth walks in, <laughs> and at the time I was skinny. I was skinny here. I was a smaller guy. He was way bigger than me. Like he's my size, not at this time, right? And so this behemoth walks in, and he's like the hairiest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. He's got uh. he's got a camouflage shirt. And he's got a Florida hat, a Florida shirt, camouflage shirt, overalls, and, and Georgia boots on. And this dude, I'm like, God. Wait, and I recognize Georgia boots? Yeah, like, like the same thing as these. Like, just, just, they weren't like cowboy boots. They were like, so. Oh, okay. Like, so. Yeah. But it's actually the same. It's the, this, this specific company called Georgia Boots. Oh. So, uh, so, and this guy comes in there. I'm like, God, dang, please don't, don't see me. Don't recognize me. Out of the 50 people in this class, don't look at me. <laughs> and I'm in the back of the class, all the way to the very far back in the middle. And this dude goes like this. He looks at me, he points at me, he says. And he just starts hollering up the stairs. And these stairs, you'd think they're made out of vacuum. I don't know, loud as wood in the world. He's yeah. walking up the stairs, making this massive racket in class. And he's like, just, just embarrassing everybody. Stops the whole class. Everybody's staring at him. Then this dude sits next to me and says, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And I'm just like, hey, man, there's 50 people in this class. You just interrupted. <laughs> and this, the very next day, it was like 15 minutes later, he was my best friend. Really? Yeah. And so his, like, southern roots is what I've adopted. I'm the only southern person in my family. You meet everybody else in my family, they're, you can tell they're from New York. Yeah. I'm the only one that's, like, adopted myself. And, and when you say you're from New York, we should clarify you. Jersey, Technically Jersey. New Jersey, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's a massive difference. There's a huge difference. We're better than yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely the armpit of America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I say New York. My, my, my mom's and my dad's family is both from New York, yeah. and my dad still worked there. So we were just always in the city a lot, but we really just, we, we're just, too poor. I'm just messing around, man. Yeah, we're too poor. We lived on the city. We, lived in, we didn't live in the city. We commuted to the city. We lived like, what was it, Ramsey area or whatever, Bergen County? Yeah, Long Branch, Long Branch, uh, yeah, Long Branch is the name of the city, but I, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, oh, my mom right there, Mama County. Oh, okay, Mama. Yeah. Uh, are you, have you ever been to Long Island? Yeah. Yeah. But when I was a kid, though. It's, Long Island's bad. Okay. I like to, do you, do you go back up to Jersey at all, or New York? Yeah, I used to go, I used to go a lot more often, but, well, there was like a big, big span, I didn't go, but I went back twice, as in, like four times in the last couple of years, as a, like a true adult. Mm-hmm. And I uh, took my brother, took my cousin, and then I went up there with uh, my cousin, moved up there. So I've been back a few times now as an adult, but when I was a teenager, like high school, college, I never went up there. So it's we, been got, we should go up there. Yeah, we should. Could take fun. on. Yeah, we'll fly up, we'll go to LaGuardia, and then just go to, we gotta go to Steinway. Everyone wants to go to Manhattan, yeah. but I'm telling you, Astoria is the it. best, the best hey, place do, in New York. So do you have like, like the streets memorized? Um, how, good were, how good of a New Yorker are you? I like I know West Side, East Side. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was crazy. Like, like in our job, we had to study. Well, it's not hard. So, like, it's a big map. No, but it just goes up. So, like, you start one all the way up to like two hundred, like Dykeman or Dykeman Avenue stuff, like up north. But like one twenty fifth to cut off into Harlem, like that's where the train stop is. So it's just going from south to north. It's one, two, three, four, and then you just start east and and west. So yeah, and the avenues are easy too. So it's once you figure it out, it's not hard. Yeah. So my whole family works over there. My cousin and his dad are both foremen in, uh, in construction. Mm-hmm. And so they're all over the city on their construction sites. And so he knows where like everything's at. And so he was my tour guide. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, you want to go here? Go five blocks up, take a left. It's, it'd be on the right hand, right hand side. Or go 10 blocks up, take a right here, two, take a left here. It's right. I'm like, how do you know? Like, that's a lot of streets, you know? Yeah, because it's, like, it's like... I mean, I get the avenues. And I stuff. get it more now because, like, I study maps now for my job. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's like getting an eight-digit grid and just finding the intersection. Yeah. It's just instead of it's avenues and streets and stuff. You know what I thought was crazy? My cousin, his son, my uncle just retired. And his son's now taking over whatever the foreman spot, and he said uh, he, his average commute is like an hour and fifteen minutes to work. It just depends on traffic. And he don't drive, but he comes from Jersey though, so he yeah. drives to the bus station in Jersey and takes the bus in, 
and then he takes like either walks or takes the train to the subway to where his job site's at. Yeah. And so he's like, if he has to be at work at 5 a.m. for construction, he has to leave his house at like 3.30. I'm like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I, I live five miles from my, my job, you know? Like, it's a big <laughs> difference. Like, I remember commuting to work, and I'm like, I'd rather not if I had the choice. Yeah, I prefer, well, I don't know. I like a longer travel so I can, because I, I always start my day with two energy drinks. Like, I have What's your choice? a morning bang, <laughs> and then I have, uh, like, some C4 in a can. Okay, okay. And that's that's how I... So I like to to have those... Because I'll wake up... I only sleep for like maybe a couple hours a night. So I, I got to get after it, you know? Well, usually, if I can, I'll go to the gym. That's how I like to start my day, but... Yeah, I had insomnia when I was a kid. I can't sleep. I had surgery. But my mom scared me for that, too. She, she told... She, when I was football, she'd be like... I would drink a big giant monster or something like that. She goes, you drink that again, you're gonna, your heart's going to explode. Yeah. So I stopped drinking them. It scares me. So then I just drink the mess out of coffee. Like, it's a difference. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's not. I, I'm not a huge fan of coffee. Uh, like, is it the taste? No, nah, I just prefer, like, I prefer Red Bulls to coffee. You get sugar for Red Bulls? No. They're disgusting. I just get the regular flavor. Is that weird? I, I always get sugar for Red Bulls. Do you? Sugar for Red Bulls, and I don't drink soda anymore, but if I do, I get sugar for your Coke. Oh, so I drink Sprite Zeros. Yeah, that's all. But uh, Sprite Zero, Coke Zero, stuff like that. No, I think it's because my dad became a diabetic, and he was like, that's what he was okay with. Like, he was allowed to have that. So I was like, oh, if he can have it, and I can have it. Yeah. yeah my dad, my dad's diabetic, too. Yeah. So they say everybody in my family's going to get it. I guess they say, like, uh, like 90% of your, it's like 90% hereditary. So out of the four of us, they said three out of the four of us are going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I keep telling everybody else they're going to get it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want you to have it, but I'm definitely not going to have it. So I was like, Caitlin, you're going to have to deal with it because I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I try, try to so what, what do you have? Two brothers and a sister? I have an identical twin brother that's three minutes older than me, an older sister that's two years older than me, and a younger brother I think is like seven years younger than me. Is your, is your sister married? No, not yet. What you look like? Yeah, I'm kidding. Actually, I'd, I'd prefer you to date her than the guy she's dating. I oh, she has a boyfriend? Yeah, so she started dating a farm, and I was like, I don't know what you're doing. Is she from, from your no, area? No, they're up in D.C., Oh, DC's. You want to talk about traffic? Oh DC is the worst. Terrible. That, I thought Jacksonville was bad. Jacksonville's pretty. The problem with Jacksonville is the drivers. Like they cause the traffic Cause it, cause because they come from north. No, that well, <laughs> I don't know because I don't drive. Like like the ones in the left lane going like below the speed limit. Oh, animals. Ridiculous. Animals. That's what causes all the accidents because then you get guys like swerving right and then they get clipped and uh, then they get pissed off for you. Yeah. Slow, then this, then, and they, oh, they oh, buzz. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did, a, I quit my job for 18 weeks and traveled, traveled to Europe. Like all over Europe. Oh, what part of Europe? All over Europe. I did uh, London. Uh, I did all over England. I did Scotland, Ireland. I got a whole bunch of family in Ireland. So I did like 10 weeks in, or uh, eight weeks or something in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy though. Like they're, they're pretty strict about it. Like they have, they have well, there's the right lane. But they have a fast lane, and you don't go in the fast lane. If you want to haul ass, you go in the fast lane. Everybody else is in the slow lane. And you'd be amazed like how much more efficient their streets are. They have smaller streets or whatever, but as long as you're not, like, if you're speeding, you go in that right lane. But then they get back over it. So, like, I was like, if we can learn just that from, from Europe, I was like, we could be so much more efficient on our highways. Yeah. And I was like, I was there for, you know, 18 weeks and never saw a lane set. So you were just in, like, the United Kingdom? you go to, like, France at all? No, no, no. Just, just uh, England, Scotland, and, and uh, Ireland. It was cool. It was fun? Yeah. It was, I've never been to Ireland or yeah. Scotland. I've been I got to England. Like first cousins and second cousins that live there. Really? Get this. So my cousin, my mom's brother's daughter, all right, so my first cousin, married somebody from this town called, uh, uh, oh, you should, you just, nah, I forgot what it's called now. Dublin? No, no, no. We're, we're like in a little country town right in the middle Oh, regardless, uh, Dublin's so the only city I knew. <laughs> yeah. So they're about forty-five minutes northeast of Dublin, northwest okay. of Dublin, right? Yeah. And so uh, Athlone, Athlone's the name of town. So they're, they're we're from Athlone. Yeah. They still have current family live there. She married. She left here. Got a job in New York, up in um like north North New York, uh, Sandy Springs. No, not Sandy Springs. Wherever it was, Northern New York, and uh, not the city. And um, so then she met a guy. His parents live in Athlone, in the same in the same neighborhood. Really? They're, from, they're both of our families 
like current families live in the same neighborhood. That's insane. They're like seven miles from each other, their houses. And they met in New York and, and Florida. They met each other. And she's from South Florida. Really? I was like, and so they got married in Ireland in their, in their town. So I was like, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's like met. Yeah. That's like, had to be. So, yeah. So yeah, Gillis is what, Gillis would maybe Southern. And I gave him my brothers and sisters a hard time all the time. I mean, the South is, is cool. Um, it's, it's definitely more laid back than up north. I think that's the reason, like, I've adopted it because, like, it's, like, I like the culture. I like to, I, I like to slow down. Like, I, I guess because I was up north for so long, but I would just travel for so much. But the, the southern hospitality I just fit with. Being that positivity or whatever, I just fit with that southern hospitality, so it was just easy. Yeah. And then I like being Yeah, you are there. friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's more. The thing that I find slightly frustrating down here is, is when people are super nice to you at, like, Things I'm always like, what are you trying to get from me? You know, See, that's crazy. That's how <laughs> it's like, like, wait, why are you being, why are you, uh, why are you holding the door for me? What do you need? <laughs> so I try to break that mold too, because like when my family comes down here, they're like, they they say the same thing. They're like, yeah. hey, why is the guy at the gas station so nice? Yeah, exactly. Like, he said, have a blessed time. day. Like, wait, I'm still <laughs> so, not giving you a tip, clown. You know, <laughs> so the same thing. When I drive back to New York, so like where I go to anywhere else, I try to bring that with me, and I like go out of my way. My cousin was like. Could attack on me in the subway one time because we were like it was like seven o'clock in the morning and we're on the subway and I was trying to have conversations with everybody. Yeah, I was no like, one, hey, how yeah, you no doing? How you doing? And my cousin's like, hey man, shut up. I was like, why? He's like, you see, everybody's got like their 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes, nobody wants to talk to you. I was like, we'll see about that. And so I was like, randomly just saying hi to good morning to people. They were like, what, what was that? What was that? I was like, no one wants to talk to you up here. I was like, we'll see about that. So I thought it was kind of funny. No, yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't want to talk to anybody on the subway. I try to, I just have my headphones in. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how everybody is. That's how he was, too. He also it. gave me a hard time because I have a southern stroll. I could walk if I need to. I'm also wide, so I can get through a crowd. Yeah. He's like, there's no chance you'll make it in New York. I said. You walk slow? I mean, just normally. Like, like I don't need to walk fast. So, I, like, if we're strolling around the ballpark down here or some of that, there's, there's no, there's no, traffic on the sidewalk right yeah so he's like you're never gonna make it up here i was like watch me and so we had to go like seven blocks or something like that to get to the the um tonight show yeah jimmy Fallon. okay he's like, we're fixing the late because there's no way you're gonna make it the way y'all walk yeah i was like and so i like i got long strides so i might not be able to walk fast but i can get get there faster because i got long strides yeah and i like shoulder choke this woman this little 80 year old woman oh, and man. I never even noticed it and he was behind me he's like bro what are you doing I was like what I was like we, we, you said we're gonna be late like I'm trying to get there he's like just about ran this lady over. I was like if you give me a million dollars I could tell you what she looked like and he's like I guess you'll I guess you'll make it in the crowd so do you like uh, like northern accents because for me I love southern accents like no I love southern she, ones so you, yeah, it's not the same. I don't think I don't think there's I anything. I think southern accent, yeah. girls with southern accents are so so hot. Dude. Yeah, the southern the southern draw, especially oh, when you get when they like say a, like y'all, especially when y'all. you get like a true southern belle, like not like a child, like you, yeah. you, we were talking about earlier, like with like, sweet tea and yeah, oh, yeah. was it a cook for you? Oh, come on, come on, say less, man. And I think that's why I'm a doctor. Like I want to be like that because I want to associate with them. Yeah. And then, but then you like my cousins. I'm like, God, you're almost annoying. Like, <laughs> my cousin was like, Yeah. Can you say anything? She's like, I'm being nice. I was like, yeah, It doesn't sound like you're being nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of funny. So, but I talk. I I talk fast. Most of the time, I don't though. But if I get around my family, I, I you, you have to talk fast. You don't get it. You don't have a a minute to to put your two cents in. Yeah, that's how my my brother Lee. He was like really quiet. So, like, because we had six of us, so I talked all, well, including my parents, but, like, my mom talked all the time, my dad talks all the time, my brother talks all the time, Lee never talked, like, and my sister talks all the time, so, like, he was the quietest one, and I I just always found that interesting, like. That's like my little brother Matthew. Yeah. There's six of us, and uh, there was a couple my mom lost in between or whatever, that's why there's such a big gap, so he's, like, seven years younger than us, but you wouldn't know he's in the room. Yeah. Me and my brother are big and loud. My sister, you can hear her from a mom. And she just likes to argue. So, But my mom's the same way. She's she's loud. And that's where we all get her from. My dad's quiet. But you, you'd never be able to know my, my little brother's there. I, I don't even know he's there. It's half the time. <laughs> and he still lives with my parents. And I'll, and I'll like, go visit or something like that. And he's just like the quietest person I've ever met. He never has anything to say. I'm just like, man, do something. And he's like, 
No, I'm just 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 relaxing, just yeah. listening. Makes me feel a little nervous, like you're just sitting there listening. Like, I could never not talk. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I've been testing my mom lately. Me and my mom are a lot the same. We we don't show up. Yeah, clearly. But uh, so I've been testing her, and uh, I found out a long time ago, like you can gain a lot from listening. And so, like, people think there's something wrong when I'm quiet and just start listening to people. I'm just really listening, trying to figure out what I can hear. Yeah. But my mom, I just started doing that to her, too. I just won't respond to her. She's one of those people that, like, will initiate a conversation just to have, just to talk, because she doesn't like silence. Mm-hmm. So if I don't answer her, she'll, like, go to another conversation and start up another conversation. <laughs> and then I if I don't answer her again, she'll be like, so then she'll go to, like, another topic, and she goes, are you ignoring me? I said... No, I heard you. I was like, you just physically can't sit down for like four and a half minutes without talking. I was like, just relax a little bit. She's like, I can't. <laughs> I don't think she's ever finished a movie because she can't sit down that long. Be quiet. That's something I've been doing. I realize like I, I don't really watch movies. I mostly be on my phone and then like I'll look up and some. I'll be like, oh, when, when did that guy die? You know, or something, or like, what happened to this guy? So I've been putting my phone away when I'm watching movies, and that's been helping me. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah, I can't watch movies. I don't watch a lot of TV. I either uh, either can't pay attention to them or I fall asleep real. Do you read books at all? Yeah, when I was, yeah, I used to read books a lot. Then I I do a lot of like Bibles and stuff, and devotionals and all that. Oh, you're big into the Bible. So my brother he taught me a bunch about. He taught me what to study and the importance of it, and and kind of like let me let me have it. So when I was a kid, like it was just mundane. Everybody's Catholic up north. There's mm-hmm. no other option. Everybody yeah. went to yeah. church, you went to a Catholic church. Yeah. Down here is the Southern Belt. There's 15 yeah, it's different. Like, it's like Baptist this, yeah. Baptist that. Yeah, 15 different options, yeah. you know? Like this one Orthodox, just has a weird yeah. name, you know? Yeah. And so you like, if you don't, if you don't like it. Yeah, this one likes to sing, that one doesn't. I was yeah. like, up north, you didn't have that option. So yeah. You're either Catholic or Jewish up north. Yeah. And so you didn't like, there was no variety. Down here, you, it kind of told us there's variety. So it like allows you to like, when I was in college, it like to pick something you want to learn. So then it taught me, I just, I learned how to study the Bible. And so whether Catholics and Christians, they all, they're all Christians, they all read the same Bible, but it's how they interpret it and stuff like that. So I learned how to study. And so I do that all the time. So then it doesn't really matter what church you go to or what, you know, who owns it or whatever, or how much you sing, because there's different variations of church. But as long as they're Christian and then the core beliefs are the same, they're, they're the same, they read the same Bible. So yeah. it's just all they interpret it. So. Yeah, I do a lot of devotions because I learned in college of how to study it. And so then I wanted to study what I wanted to study. So, like, I kind of picked what parts of the Bible I wanted to study at what times, which is kind of nice. Like, if you had a problem, you could, there's specific areas of the Bible that you can actually study and find answers to whatever problems you're dealing with, you know, versus the church giving you answers to something you don't even involve in. Yeah, well, Catholic, I always found it odd you know the priests don't get married right mm-hmm. I'm married was, to the church yeah it's yeah you know yeah but I always thought it was weird too uh, so like, that kind of soured my my taste on stuff but um not like I've got like a new relationship with God and I don't need a building for it because we just talk yeah, 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 you know yeah, like, yeah. like and it's the perfect song. relationship because I'm always talking you know he's just <laughs> listening so it's great yeah, yeah. and I'm like hey you buddy you're you awake <laughs> like send him a text yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so it's been going better but yeah, like in the Catholic Church, they tell you like if, like I don't know whatever topic, abortions or marriage or lust or whatever, you, you gotta wait till October. Like they was like pre scheduled. That was the yeah yeah, you get, yeah yeah. So I'm like, well, like if I'm dealing with that in college, and I, if I'm if I need answers to that, like I don't want to wait. Like I'm not gonna be paying attention that long. Yeah. So it was it was nice to where it was more adaptive. Like it was, and I like, I wouldn't have an argument. I would tell my mom. She's like, well, why do you go to that church versus this one? I was like, well, it's more relative. Like I can I can learn something that I, that I need to learn to fix this problem or, or to, to what I what my interests are at that time and so but I was like we're reading the same book like I take the same book to both churches my mom's church and my church and I was yeah, like the Bible's the same yeah because it's just how it's, it's just how it's delivered yeah. and so I was like so I mean it's always been it's always been something but I know my personal walk and, and if I can study it myself that's that's where it needs to like that's where your root needs to be so the building the building is it needs to you need to have a community you need to have a church as in like of people, but you don't. Oh yeah, it's, it's life's much easier when you have a good support group. Mm-hmm. Like, much easier. But it doesn't really matter what building you go to. Yeah, just you just need the people to support you. Yeah, you need a group. So, yeah. Well, we got about two minutes left. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, get off here? Yeah, I feel like I talked a lot, but um, 
I feel like I talked to you about another five hours. <laughs> but I'll give you advice. I know, uh, I know people, everybody has struggles in life. And uh, like we were talking about, like there's the biggest struggles I've ever been dealing with is, is recently. But my biggest advice I can tell someone is to, is to have an out. Not necessarily an out. Like uh, have someone you can talk to. It doesn't really matter who it is. Like just, just talk about it. Yeah. Talk about some random person for someone that doesn't like involve your life or some of that, but just have some event to you because it's always going to catch up to you. So like if you're ever dealing with something, eventually it's going to come out. And if you keep on to it, it's going to come out negatively, terribly down the road. But you always got to talk about it. always event. And uh, like my guy was Gillis, but since he passed, that's what I've been strong with. I've never had anybody to like just open up to yeah. and, and not have like no judgment just to undump, you know, unload on somebody. But I think it's very important to have that. Just to, just to like for good mental health. Like for you, everybody has problems. But if you don't have anybody to like offload to, especially when you're dealing with death and like super like stressful stuff in life, you can't hold that stuff in because it's gonna come back at you. Whether like now or like six months from now, you know it's, it's gonna come back. So always have a always have a, a mediator in your life, a friend. Yeah. Well, well, Joe, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Obviously, we'll have you back on again. Maybe yeah. next time. I, and if anybody needs any painting done, uh, you know, I'll give you his info. But uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye, Wes. Peace out. <laughs> Forgot I was supposed to.